Okay, as Christians, tonight, today is really going to be, my, my seminar is going to be a little bit like part two of this morning, with a little bit of an evangelistic undertone. As Christians, the Father wants us to live a life that points to him, so people know and can see that he dwells in us. Now, I know you know this, but I'm going to say it again. Why? Because he died for the lost. He is desperate to love and have relationship with your neighbour, the stranger at the bus stop, at the doctor's surgery, a work colleague. I'm just going to say it again because I love having my faith stirred. If the Bible says you will do greater things than me, or the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is in you, or you can do all things through him who gives me strength, I am with you. Be bold, be strong. And I could go on with so many more, more of these in the Bible. What should be our take home from passages like this? Maybe one day? I wouldn't verbalize that to God, but I know at times this is what my actions have dictated. You see, if I've asked for help with this, I don't want a handful of stories. I want lots, and that's not my reality at the moment. I'm not speaking here as someone who's achieved stuff. I'm just simply doing what's nearest and trusting God and taking steps of obedience of what he's put in front of me today. So we want big old fat books of testimony in our churches, don't we? We don't want little, little leaflets or a few pieces of paper. We want fat books of testimony about how God's turned up in our lives and in our churches. And I know that's God's heart. Oh, look, I found another one. Here we go, have another one. My regrets at my death would not be having one of those fat books. Toby sometimes talks about if your life were a movie, what would it be about? Nobody wants to watch a dull movie. The greatest stories of all our adventures of sacrifice... Oh, yeah, the greatest stories are adventures of sacrifice, resilience, and risk. Bilbo leaves the Shire. Schindler defies the Nazis. Lucy steps through the wardrobe. Abram leaves Haran. David slays Goliath. One of my favorite books is the book of Acts. And it's all about how the disciples saw God's hand do amazing things in and through them. When you read about the disciples Jesus chose, they were cocky, proud and weak and unwise. But Jesus turned their world upside down. It always reads to me like an adventure. I get quite bored of routine. I like action. I love change. I love new things, which can be a strength and a weakness. I never wanted to settle in Norwich for the rest of my life, but God has changed me and worked on me and a lot in my heart. And now I just want to be where God wants me to be because his plans are always the best ones. One of the reasons, um, when, when myself and Toby were younger, we did, did a lot of traveling. Um, and we, we worked um, on private yachts. 
Um, so we spent the, the summer in the Med and the um, winter in the Caribbean and the States. And I loved travel. I, I loved waking up every morning not knowing where we were going or what, what we were doing. That was, that was just really exciting for me. Um, but when I start getting a grip of what the normal Christian light, life should look like, like I was talking about earlier, that's exciting. That's an adventure, and that has really woken me up. Because when you're walking with God each day, anything could happen. So how can we live fruitful lives? What does it mean to be rooted in him? So the first question that I have is, do you know and love him? Now, I know we've done some of that this morning. But, and I know I've said that this is the place where fruitfulness starts. Knowing Jesus and knowing who you are in him. Having confidence that should grow from knowing him. Not from yourself, but from God. Being filled with the spirit and growing in an intimate relationship with him. Sounds simple, but it's not always our reality. As I said earlier, I'm realizing even more that if I want my life to be flowing with works and wonders, then not only does it need to flow from a heart of devotional prayer and a life of being with the Father in the secret place, but that I just need to be in love with the Father, to be intimate with him. There's a really brilliant book by Phil Wilfew. I don't know if some of you have read it. It's called Developing a Prophetic Culture. And one of his quotes is, I so believe that a church or a person who is intoxicated with the deep affections and love of God will be one that cannot help but change society around them. Why? Because love has always been the most persuasive motivator in the universe. Because at the heart of the universe is a God of love himself. I think that's really powerful. And I love this quote, because as I'm starting to step out, that's what I'm starting to see happening. Why? Because I'm not bothered anymore about Gene Skipper. I'm starting to lose a sense of fear of man that I used to have, because I'm only living or trying to live before an audience of one. And when I get his compassion and I get his love, you move from a completely different place. Intimacy with God starts with the realisation that God likes and loves you and enjoys you. It's easy to be caught up in the process of getting our needs met that we forget we are immersed in a love affair. So how is your love life? Is he your saviour? Because he is all so willing to meet our needs. But what he's really after is our hearts. To captivate us with his love. To delight us so we delight in him. To shape us so we have good hearts and resemble him more. He desires not to forgive us a thousand times but to change us into his likeness by inviting us into a relationship with him I cannot say I've got this all buttoned up and got the t-shirt 
But I do know God wants to use me and he wants to use you. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. It says in Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work at us, according to the power at work within us. How encouraging is that? He is in us. He is all powerful. Do we believe that? Do you believe that? As you go about your normal everyday life, our Father loves the heart of, I don't know what you're going to put across my path today. But Father, I'm willing. If we could uh, draw our conversations to a close. Um, if you, uh, after this question, if you're really buzzing with that first question, do go back to it. I want this to work for you today. I don't want to just get through my notes. That's not, not how, how it works. <laughs> okay, so question two is... Are you being the you God created you to be? So are you sure of your identity? That is another whole day <laughs> conversation. But let's just start. Phil Wilfew in his book had three helpful A's, which I think work really well. And one is, are you, um, do you know that you're accepted? That you're affirmed? Many of us live for affirmation, but we need to learn to live from affirmation. There's a big difference. He not only loves you, he likes you. And that we have access. I always have to have three little helpful points like that because it just helps me live, helps me know who I am. So that's accepted, affirmed, and have access. We are meant to be bold, courageous, and strong by the power of the Spirit as we do works for Jesus, knowing who we are in Christ. And it's really important for you to know your identity. Can't wear it now because it's far too hot, but um, I have a leopard skin coat, furry one, and my girls hate it. They always say when I put it on that I'm a chav when I go out in my coat. But I absolutely love that coat. And when I put that, because when I put that coat on, it reminds me who I am. When I put that coat on, it's just a quick, it's just another picture for me of knowing that, come on, let's have some. <laughs> I'm a lion for God. What are we going to do today, God? That's, that's, and I need images to remind me. I was talking about this um, uh, dullness, wasn't I, and the slumber that we can sometimes get in when we live our lives, that we can go through our whole day. And how we live our days, of course, is how we live our lives. Um, and it's so important that I start, I'm going to put it on me, uh, that I start living my life like that. If I want to see fruit, if, if I want to see people saved and added, if I want to see Jesus love those who don't know him, um, I'll give you a, a story when uh, we lived in our, in our old house um, there was a, a guy as I was taking my children to school and I know that he had just come out of prison and as I was walking to take my children to school I felt God say to me I want you to go and say hello to this guy 
And I thought, oh no, Lord, it's a guy. I'm a bit scared. I know what everyone said about him. He's just come out of prison. Also, I don't want him to get the wrong idea that I'm a girl and I'm going up and speaking to another guy. And I just went up and um, had, a, had a chat with him, and he, see, he was lovely. And um, I eventually got my, my husband introduced to him, and we, we still see each other tons, even though... Well, not tons, we still see each other occasionally, um, myself and Toby. And, and God really used that time, because he had some desperate times in his life when Toby was really able to come alongside him. But the bizarre thing was... There was another lady where we lived who I used to spend time with. I had, oh, I had great compassion for her. There were several ladies. And she was having a horrible time as well with her ex. And re- really bizarrely, I ended up sharing the gospel with her. She ended up coming round our house quite regularly, um, popping in and out. I mean... It, 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 it's totally inconvenient, but that's, that's how it works. It's messy. It always happens at the wrong time. But there needs to be less of me and more of him. I think that's what John, John said, less of, less of me and more of him. This lady came into our, our kitchen one day, and myself and Toby ended up praying for her because her, her jaw wasn't working. She couldn't eat a sandwich. All she had to, all her food, she had to take little crumbs off. And because of just conversations, we prayed for her in our kitchen, and she got healed. And that just, that spread like wildfire around the estate. And the bizarre thing is, sort of five or six years later, these two people who I've just spoken to are now together and married. <laughs> you never know what God's going to do. Now, I'd love to tell you that they're completely saved and added, but I know they've been on a journey. They're together. Me and Tobes don't have enough time to see everybody we speak to, but we do the bit that we can do. But it's always a real joy to see them. They ha- they, I know they know God. They're not always walking that way. But God, it, it's so exciting. It's so exciting to be on the journey. And it's really exciting to involve your kids in it if you've got younger children. Uh, when, when we prayed for this, this particular lady, we brought our kids in on it so they could actually see firsthand what God was doing. Um, and now, looking back in life, whatever's going on in my kids' lives as they're getting older, they can't deny some of the things that they've seen God do. So we're not meant to, be, we're not meant to blend in, but we're to stand out. Lights of the world, stay plugged in then we will be willing and able to engage in risky, faith-filled living. And we will see miracles and have exciting, but at times, scary adventures. And Jesus will be glorified, as that's what it's all about. Are we willing to be embarrassed and take risks? We need to die to ourselves. Can we say, for me to live is Christ? And to die is gain. It is a sacrifice. So I said earlier, don't be a fake you. Learn to love you and be okay with you. To know and be who God called you to be and where God called you to be in the now. 
don't always be thinking about oh, when this and when that because you're missing the point of the journey. You're missing what's going on and, where, and God's put you right here for now, for today. And the same the next day and the same the next day. If you've spent any time, I don't know, I'm sure most of you do know, if you've spent any time around Angela Kem, she often says, run in your own lane. Don't compare yourself to others or try to be like others. Listen to what the Spirit is saying and do what the Spirit is saying. Know how God has gifted you. How it seemed to work for me is through a pastoral heart. And now I'm starting to get older. I'm finding I'm starting to get a few more stories to tell. And um, I remember when my children were little, we had a mums and toddlers at King's in Norwich. And I used to take my kids there and spend time um, helping run the mums and toddlers group. And I love mums and toddlers because if it wasn't for a mum and toddlers group um, when, um, uh, when I was little, my mum would never have become a Christian. My mum became a Christian at one of those, and it changed my life upside down, um, which changed Toby, my husband. Um, so, and I know, because uh, Floss um, Watkins used to um, run that, that playgroup when I was little, and I don't think they ever saw anybody else become a Christian, just one. And that really blesses me, that God would set something up like that, I, and only one person, because he's a lavish God. I'd love to have seen more. We, we all want to see more. But mums and toddlers is such an evangelistic arena. You just don't know what God's doing. And I spoke to a mum there um, who had children the same age as me, as mine, and blow me down five years ago when I moved to a different area. This lady now lives around the corner from me. So you just never know what, what God's doing. And I was walking my dog a few years ago, and I often find, compa- I, I walk past people's houses when I'm walking the dog early in the morning, and I often find myself praying over certain houses. And some people, I don't know who's inside, and I probably never know the answer till I get, get to glory. I don't know what's going on, but I'll just pray blessings over people. And um, I walked past this one house, and I knew I had to pray. I don't know what I had to pray about, but I just knew I had to pray. And it turned out to be that lady. So you just never know what's going on. And then I was like, God, I haven't really done much other than find out that that lady, who I used to speak at two ages ago, now lives at that house and you called me to pray for. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that, but I'm going to leave it with you. I'm just going to keep faithfully praying. Help me to remember her. I, I, I struggle now because there's so many things to pray for. And I often say to the Holy Spirit, you lead me in prayer because there's so many things going on in your church. There's so many things going on in your family. There's so many things going on in the news. There's so much to pray for. And I often say, God, you just lead me. And that's what I say to people now. I can't possibly pray for everything. I just can't, can't do it all. But I always pray for people when God dips them into my, into my heart. And I'm walking to work. This is about four or five months ago. And... Um, um, this lady happens to be by the side of me, and she pours her heart out to me. And God had given me a prophetic word for her, and I'm not going to share it, but I shared it with her, and it was spot on. Spot on. And I ended up sharing my testimony with her. Gave her everything that had happened since we last met again and reminded her of my testimony. Now, that was a second opportunity. She's still not become a Christian. But who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? 
So watch and see what God does. Don't discount the small beginnings. As I said earlier, we're not all called to be evangelists, but we are all called to go. Okay, let's move on to the next question. My notes tell me it's number four, but it's number three. Are you allowing fear to dominate? Is that what it says on your notes? Yeah, I haven't lost it then. Okay. When I was about 2021, I told you I went and worked on the yachts um, in the south of France. And I was quite an obnoxious young person. And my heart was very much, I can do whatever I want to do in life as long as I put my mind to it. And that's how I approached going to find a job in the south of France. To get a job on uh, private yachts, myself and Toby worked on them for three years on and off. Um, you, we, we had to go to agencies, we had to walk around the yachts and ask whether there was a job. Um, and at 21 we were told, you'll never get a job, you're far too young. And you'll definitely not get a job together. And being a horrible, sinful, obnoxious gene at the time, I was like, ah, oh, brilliant, you've just done the best thing for me because I'll prove you wrong. And I did, we did, we got a job together um, and on the yachts. Um, but the reason I'm telling this story is because there was a time a few years ago when I felt God say to me, what has happened to you? I called you to be strong, bold and courageous and you were more like that before you knew me than you are now. Can you relate to that? Oh, good, I'm not the only, only sinner then. <laughs> and, and, and I felt, I, I said to myself, I took risks all the time. And yes, stupid ones at times. I felt I'd lost my edge. And I was trying to be this perfect little Christian in church circles. I was trying to do the right things and to fit in um, to this perceived role of how I should be. Um, and I just felt God say to me, be the you, be, be the Christian I created you to be. What you've done is you have allowed fear of man to come in and you're not comfortable in your own skin. Before, you didn't care about that, but now for some reason you've started to become a bit of a, ple a people pleaser. To be honest, knowing Christ, I probably was a people pleaser there. It was just hidden all in this hardened bravado I came across with before I was a Christian. But fear, again, this is another one we could do a whole, a whole session on. Fear is a nasty, ugly thing that needs to be dealt with. The only fear as Christians that we should have is that of Almighty God. I get so angry that the enemy gets some of us wrapped up in this. We were called to be free. Don't be paralyzed by your fears because that's what fear does. It totally freezes you. So you don't step out anymore. It's totally ugly and it's not of the Father. 
Chat it through with someone. Walk it through. Get prayer for it. Deal with it. It's not an impossible door that you just have to learn to live with in your life. It needs to be smashed. I used to have loads of fears, and one of my fears um, was hospitals. I could do... I, I, I couldn't even go into a hospital, even to visit somebody, without throwing up outside or passing out in the lift. That's what happened to me. And it came to the stage where me and Tobes were, were, were nearly approaching 30, and we always said we were going to have kids, and we said if we were going to have kids, we'd do them by the time we were 30. But I was putting off the whole idea, because if we had children, that would mean then that I'd got pregnant, and then I'd have to go to hospital. And I, I just couldn't, couldn't, could not deal with it. I ended up having prayer for this, and God just did a whole crazy thing in me. Again, that's, a, that's another 20 minutes thing, but he totally set me free from the fear of hospitals. And, because, and it all stemmed back to stuff that happened. I, I, had, I had quite a, um, um, what shall I say, not a good upbringing when I was young. Um, my mum my married and divorced a few times. She became a Christian. It all sorted itself out. But I was in hospital when I was about um, 18 months old with a fractured skull because my dad threw me across the room and my head hit a, a cast iron fireplace. That's where my fear of hospitals came in. And when I was prayed for, I felt I just saw a picture of God. Just He was there with me. I've got this beautiful picture. And it was like, have you ever... You, you've all seen... Um, oh... What's it called? Follow the Yellow Brick Road. What's that movie? Wizard of Oz. At the very beginning of the movie, everything's black and white. Do you remember that? And then there's like this wind that whips up. And when, when someone was praying for me, this wind whipped up and all these little ugly things were falling off me. And it was fear of hospitals. And I saw God come to me and everything went colour, just like in, it did, d- does in The Wizard of Oz. And it was so powerful. Now, at times, it, I went ahead and had three babies. I, I, anything hospital, anything like that really does my head in. God has an amazing sense of humour. He did a, a thing of putting me in front of people like... Um, well, I had two ladies in Mar- when, when, when we lived in Marcross. One who had a baby in my car whilst I was driving. I delivered it whilst driving. Crazy, crazy stuff. This was the stuff that really freaked me out, and I would run a mile, miles away from and freeze. Another lady that I met in Marcross who came to my door, I found her, well, I found her crying in the playground, and she was totally terrified in fear because she was about to have her ninth baby, and um, this was her last C-section. She was told that she shouldn't have been pregnant in the first place. And she knocked on my... I prayed with her and we talked about it. She knocked on my door um, when she was about to go into labour. I left all those children with Toby, who loved it. (laughs) See you later, darling, five o'clock in the morning. Have just a few more children. And I stood there for a C-section, scrubbed up, actually in the surgery. I was this close, this close, and I saw everything. Everything. And then the next day, for a whole week, I had to go round to her house and give her injections. Now, needles, that was another thing. I was like, God, you've got a real sense of humour. You're really trying to help me get free from this. He kept putting things in my face. And there was a time, oh, she's 
passed, to be, passed away now to be with God. But the first time I had to go and give her injection, I was panicking madly. I was like, Lord, I can't do this. I can't give injections. And I thought, oh, I know what I do. I just phone up my mate, Sally. She's a nurse. She can come and help me out. And of course, she wasn't picking up. And I knew it was God saying, Jean, face it. Do it. We have to face we have to face our fears. Now, sometimes it doesn't mean to say just because um, I know I've been delivered from the fear of hospitals or all of this, this stuff, because I've realised that the essence of it was, as well, the fear of death. But I know that my king has even defeated death. So I don't have to worry. All those fears have just gone. And it doesn't mean to say now, when um, something bad happens to me and I get to get a hospital appointment, I go, oh, goody, great, I get to go to hospital. But it does mean that I have to start to learn to walk in my healing as such. It does mean that I have to claim back those verses. I have to preach them to myself, that I will not have a spirit of fear. Perfect love casts out, all the, oh, casts out fear. And that's where you grow as a Christian. That, that's where you build muscle. Um, so I'm talking too much. I'll get carried away. Have another three minutes. How are you doing with... Are you allowing fear to dominate? Jess, are you ready to have that baby yet? Okay, I appreciate that wasn't five minutes, and I can see now you're all starting to, to warm up. 
um, and get ready to talk. I knew that was, would happen. Um, the last question we're not going to do, but I didn't think we could do today without mentioning the fruits of the Spirit. So um, that would be a good one for you to go home and think about. How... What, what did I put there? What, did, what does it say? Yeah, how are we doing? Are the fruits of the Spirit evident in our lives? But the last one is truth. Do you know the truth? Feed yourself truth. You shall know truth and the truth shall set you free. Keep a kingdom focus. We regularly have to keep hitting that reset button when our minds and beliefs, uh, um, with our minds, our beliefs and understandings, our reset, we need to reset them with a kingdom focus. We represent him more accurately then. Bill Johnson quote, you are designed to live in, you are not designed to live in reaction to the devil, but in response to God. You can bet your bottom dollar, the moment you start to entertain the thought of stepping out in faith, the accuser will pop into your thinking head with his ugly lies and half-truths, and he, and he will do whatever he can to crush you. That's when you, learn to have to, you have to learn to have boldness. And you have to learn to smash it and know the truths. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to wrap up because there, there's so much here. Again, that's another subject. But you can go away. And, and how am I doing with that? Do I know the truth? Am I walking in the truth? But ladies, we need each other. At Kings, I always remember Marcus talking about a lump of coal. If a lump of coal is in, in a barbecue or in a fire, it stays warm. The minute you take that lump of coal out, it goes cold. Let's spur and encourage each other in prayer. We need it. We are weak and we can be afraid. But I can't see anywhere in scripture where the father says, be a coward, be weak. Yes, when the enemy reminds me of that, I say, yes, I am weak. But in him, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Remember, that's what Jesus did when he was tempted, when the devil came. He hadn't eaten. He was praying and fasting. He quoted scripture back. God is faithful. He honors our steps of faith when we take steps outside of our comfort zone. And that's when we see the supernatural turn up. Take the small steps. And as you look back through your life, you will see little ripples of testimonies and you'll be able to look back and say, yes, my God is good. I know that if I don't get in running partners, we do running partners at King's and it's really, really helpful. And I need people to speak into my life and say to me regularly, how are you doing on this? Because if not, I become a creature of comfort. So find a wise person, someone who will tell you how it is, the things you don't want to hear too, so that you can grow in him. God bless you, ladies.